a midlife crisis is, is real. At least it was for me. You know, you're like, wait a minute. I'm working at home. I'm a three handicap golfer. You know, I'm, everything's going great for me. Right. I'm like shit. The Joe Vore Podcast is a brand new sponsor and it is Dating Assassins. Have a first date coming up and have no idea what you're going to talk about? Well, Dating Assassins has you covered. With over 100 cards and 100 questions, you'll never have a boring date ever again. You'll make things funny, interesting, and even a little bit spicy. So get yours today, linked in the description below. Enjoy the show. Now, hang on. Is that a Lofton jersey behind you? Yes, it is. My is my favorite athlete of all time, Kenny Lofton. Isn't that a U of A guy? He's a U of A guy, but you know, when he played for he played for I'm I'm a Cleveland Indians Kenny Lofton fan, not a not a not a U of A Wildcat Kenny Lofton. Okay. Well, I'll see you. Have a great podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joe Vore Podcast, Way She Goes Podcast Network. We are here with very special guest, professor of over 70,000 students in his career, three plus thousand students a semester, and author of the brand new book, How to Avoid Fucking Up at College. Matt McCarthy, thanks so much for taking the time. It's great to, great to have you here. Like I told you, I've never had someone on to uh, promote, promote a book before. I'm not a big reader, so thanks for the uh, kicking the ass to get through a book it's been a while well thank you that's a very nice introduction i appreciate that i kind of want to start with the origin story of the book is this something that was pitched to you was this your idea how long in the making was this book you know what was the big motivation to to, to really kind of just forget the idea and sit down and actually put the work in and execute this and and publish this book a couple things um I always look for something to do in the summer and generally I'm teaching um, online classes in the summer and my younger brother teaches with me now. I just hired him a couple of years ago. So he teaches a lab portion and there was a class available and he kind of wanted it. So I said, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to teach this summer for the first time in 20 years, but you know, my wife's not going to let me get away with this laying around and, you know, scratching my ass all summer long. So I don't know. I just kind of woke up one morning and I've written many books before, uh, but they've all been textbooks. Right. Um, really exciting ones like Applied Business Computing Commons. It is just so interesting. Um, and I just kind of decided to do it. And then what I always ask people for advice. I, I think being a lone wolf kind of person, it, it's a bad idea. I don't know why people want to succeed alone so they can say, I did it by my, who, who gives a shit? Yeah. And so I'm very, very lucky to have a lot of people around me. Uh, I have three brothers. And so I asked them about it. I asked my older brother about it. Um, so that's when I got started. And I, and my older brother's a very conservative guy. He's also a fighter pilot in the Air Force, or was. And so I don't think he's ever used the word fuck in his life. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Yeah. But I wanted to get his take on it. And he gave me a very analytical take, which was very, um, very, very useful. And then um, his best friend, which I call a brother from another mother, another fighter pilot guy, a stealth pilot, I sent him the original manuscript and, you know, Joe, the kind of friends that you have, 
that, for instance, you can say about your podcast, what do you think about the Joe Bohr podcast? And you can ask your friends and they may go, you know what? This part was good, but this part fucking sucked. Yeah. And, and they're, and you're not pissed. You're like, God, you did me a huge favor. What don't you like about it? So I sent this guy Mm -hmm. and then he really, really encouraged me, but I knew if it sucked, he'd go, geez, dude, do something else, take up woodworking. And so I started writing it and, uh, I started giving, uh, manuscripts to my wife. So she knew a lot of the the stuff in it and she was very, very helpful. And then I was smart enough to start. I ended up getting a, a publisher, not a publisher, an editor, because I, I just write, I write very, very conversationally. Yep. Um, and that's a good thing nowadays. It used to be a terrible thing. And so I'm really, I was so lucky to land on her. She actually works at the school, but she freelances. And so then it just started to kind of, well, this is kind of weird. I'll tell you something really, really weird. Yeah. So my dad's a decorated fighter pilot, uh, 157 combat missions in Vietnam, um, bronze star winner, great guy. My dad has a master's degree. My dad was a full bird colonel. My dad was a congressional liaison. My dad knew Barry Goldwater personally. Wow. So from the outside looking in an extremely, extremely successful guy. So when I was about, when I got my master's degree, my graduate degree, my dad goes, you know what? I flunked out of college twice. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Right. What are you talking about? And he's like, you know, grandpa was a lawyer, right? And he wanted me to be a lawyer. And my mom really wanted me to be a lawyer. So I went to Marquette, drank my ass off and flunked out in one semester. Wow. What? He goes, yeah. And then they, then they uh, had a second chance. So I went to uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison and then drank a lot more there. Learned to play pool. I'm a really great pool player. Flunked out. And then uh, my parents kicked me out of the house. I had nowhere else to go. So I joined the army. I was a buck private and I worked my way up all the way to, to this. Like, wow. Why the fuck didn't you tell me that? <laughs> so that was a weird thing. And so what he said was, I thought you would think it was okay. Yeah. Great like, point. I'm still not jumping. So he goes, I wasn't jumping up and down when you screwed up in college. And so I, I people ask me all the time, do you resent your dad for, and your parents really for basically saying you're done, dude, (laughs) you know, you're 19 years old, you're 20, get, get the fuck out, get out. And I'm like, no, that's what I would have done. And I think it was uh, a very, very difficult parenting advice for them. And so now that I've been in university for almost 20 years, I think it's okay for me to tell that story because I thought about it when I first started, but I understood what my dad had said, like, look, it's not okay. Right. It's I'm, I'm not a redemption story in any way, shape or form. And I think when I start the book, I I've lost tens of thousands of dollars and jobs and busted my ass and washed dishes, had jobs I didn't want it. It's, it sucks. 
So yeah. I've never said that until now when I'm um, a much older person. Right. And, and I want to give people some stats here that I think are mentioned in the forward uh, just to give, you know, just really kind of let, you know, what, what the stats are out there with uh, people dropping out. So we have over 1 million dropouts a year. If you're going for a four-year degree, chances are somewhere along the way, it's going to be a 40% dropout rate. A third of those people are out before their sophomore year. And as you kind of alluded to earlier, and we're going to get into now, you were almost a statistic twice. You're in, you're out, you're working, you decide to go back. That goes on for a little bit, but it, you know, it's too much. You don't, you know, you're back out again. And then you, however you do it. And I, and I'm so interested to to figure this out. You become a successful, uh, you know, enter, you know, you're working with fortune 500 companies. You have contracts building their databases, unbreakable databases so much so that you have these contracts but you were bored out of your mind waiting around for them to break down. They never did. And you get the bug to, to go back and finish your degree. And I, and I think now correct me any, anywhere along here, but I think you said in 354 days, you yeah. had acquired your business degree and then your master's degree. And you're, and you're, and then you were like, I'm not done. I'm going to go figure out when I can get in and, and, and apply to, to be, you know, to get my PhD. You have all this going on. And you get there, you're riding high, and and then the, they they basically say that you can't even apply. We're not looking for this or whatever you were at the time. Right. So you get your basically your uh, your pretty woman rant together, ready to go, and you you call up the dean, and you basically get handcuffed and frozen because he it didn't go to a receptionist. He answered the phone. You're like, oh shit, I can't believe this guy just answered the phone. You explained what's going on, and he also threw you off again because he was so engaging and nice and really actually listened to you. And then so he sends you over to a head of the, of the of a department that you felt that, you know, one day you would like to work for and, and teach for. That guy is so impressed and, again, so nice and engaging with you that he's like, well, let's grab – can you grab lunch tomorrow at this deli? You say yes, and by the end of that day – you got a full-time gig in that department that one day becomes two day and we're here two decades plus later or whatever it's been. That's an insane timeline. Like when all that happened, I mean, it had to have happened so fast when you look back on that. I I mean, just kind of take me through what it was like living that. Well, it it was weird because I'd already dropped out. I'd already been kicked out. And so that was a burr in my saddle and a, and a big fail for me, um, especially being the only one in my family of six kids that, that had flunked out. And so I did want to go back and I declared a major, but the problem was, is when I went back and I went back to ASU, mm-hmm. I dug my heels in and I went, I just picked away at it first, you know, nine hours, 12 hours here and there. And back in the day they just really didn't have night classes i was a full-time grease monkey dude and so eventually i kind of gave up but what happened was when i'd get given up i had about 85 hours amassed so to get a college degree you need 120 right and so this lady i know who i really really respected and so this is back in the super early 80s 
she goes, I'm going to the University of Phoenix. I'm like, I've never heard of that. Or I guess I have. It's a diploma mill, right? Uh, you know, I'm a laser yeah. printer. I can just print one of those degrees up. And she goes, no, it's not. And so I got into that and it was insanely expensive. Wow. And even to this day, I say it's one of the most, uh, the ratio of money I had to the ratio of money I spent yeah. was easily the most expensive thing I've ever paid for. And I was like 24 years old and the next youngest person was 40 and wow. everyone there was like a, in a cohort. So their company was paying for it, but I was paying yeah. for mine. So the first insane piece of luck is the people in my group took me under their wing and I worked my ass off, but here's what happened. So I ended up going to the university of Phoenix and I, I, I sit down with them and they say, yeah, you'll have a degree in 14 months. I'm like, fuck yeah i'm in let's do yep. this went to the school very impressed with it very happy with it finish put my cap and robe on and want to graduate with my group members yeah wait a month and i don't see my diploma and i'm like that's weird i don't really care i i i did well and now i have a 3.8 gpa but i still don't see it so i eventually call them up and they're like oh you didn't graduate like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're 19 hours short. What are you talking about? The guy I sat down with 14, 16 months ago told me yeah. I'd have to complete this and I'd be done. Well, you're 19 hours short. What kind of hours? Lower division elective credits. Oh my God. So you're telling me that I can go to Scottsdale Community College and take 19 hours of tennis in one semester and you'll give me the degree that I should rightfully already have. So I was really, really pissed off. Yeah. So one of the things that they did at the University of Phoenix is they had something called experiential credit and it was the hardest class you take there by far, six weeks and it's intensive. Mm -hmm. Basically what they do is pick college classes that you think you already can pass. Mm -hmm and write a paper about it. And you had to learn this really weird way to write papers. It's called the Kolb model. It's very weird and circular. And so when I did that, I picked up, I, I wrote five papers during that six weeks and I picked up 15 hours of credit. So I went back to the University of Phoenix, fast forward to being pissed off. Mm -hmm. And now it's five years go by since I thought I should have had my degree. So I'm like, right, you know, fuck it. I'll go talk to these guys. Yeah. And I'll write papers. So I go in, I go to this coffee shop and I bust out this paper in two days about parenting. So there's a class on parenting at the University of Missouri or whatever. Yeah. Bring it back. And so someone evaluates it. And the first time they're evaluated, it took six weeks. Five years later, now it takes two days. Two days later, the guy comes back and goes, This is a great paper about parenting. Um, this person obviously knows what they're talking about. They hit every whatever. However, we're not going to give them credit for it because their child is only five years old. And I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck your university. You yeah. guys suck. Yeah. I will never be back the rest of my life. And I, I was so, so angry. In the meantime, I ended up getting a job for a bank. Just a stupid job, like answering phones. What's my balance? Stuff yeah. like that. And it was just, I kind of moved up, learned how to use a database and kind of put myself in a great position at the bank. 
And then I ended up working for uh, another company and I kind of ran into my next mentor and things were going super well, but it still bothered the crap out of me that I didn't have a degree. And I felt like yeah. I was lying all my life. And so I'm like, screw it. Um, you know what? I'm older. I, I don't have that many fucks to give anymore. Your system's your system. I don't care. Yep. So I needed the 19 hours. Now I'm older. Now I know a bunch of more stuff. So I went to the University of Phoenix in the Tempe location. I am this guy. Um, I want to write some papers. So there was a coffee shop on Mill called Charlie's back then. I had a laptop now. And every night I busted out a 25-page paper in that coffee shop. And five days later, I show back up to their office in Tempe. I'm like, here, here's five papers. Evaluate them. Now the evaluation process is one day. Yeah. The next day I go back, all five, all five papers get me three hours of credit. So now I've picked up 15 hours in, in a week. Yep. Like happy, happy, happy for me. And so I said, hey, listen, um, I'm kind of a ask for forgiveness guy, not an ask for permission kind of guy. Would you do me a big favor? You know that database paper I wrote for you? I, I don't mean to sound like Ron, Ron Burgundy, but in the database world, I'm kind of a big deal. Right. <laughs> stuff I wrote there is really good. Can you send yes. it back to the guy and see if he'll give me more than three hours for it? They contact the guy and the guy goes, oh shit, give the guy 10 hours. I've never even heard of half of this shit. This is really yeah. cool. But they couldn't give me 10, so they gave me four. So out of the 19 hours, I busted off 16 hours happy. Now I'm driving home thinking, well, shit, I guess I'll go to SEC and waste a semester playing tennis or basketball or whatever. Yeah. Now, here's the weird part. When I had failed out of ASU, Scottsdale Community College contacted me and said, we'd like to give you a full athletic scholarship in tennis. They knew who I was. Yeah. Like, sure. Okay. And so my parents are very happy. So I'm at Scottsdale Community College with the second semester of my freshman year. And I become the number one tennis player there. And then in three weeks, I get in a motorcycle accident, break my leg. Jesus. And I'm just like, Jeez. Some guy in mill hit me. Some guy was drunk, broke my leg. And I show up in crutches. And my coach is like, God damn it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I, I, it wasn't me. Yeah. And he's really angry at me. So basically what I did is like, screw this. I'm, I'm not going to go to SEC anymore. Yeah. I kind of left mid-semester. However, maybe I shouldn't say this, but as long as I'm going to get myself in trouble. When I'm standing there in the crutches talking to my tennis coach, who's pissed off at me, I point to the gym and I said, hey, I, I'm signed up for this basketball slash volleyball class. I'm supposed to be in there right now. I, I can't, what do I do to sit there? And he goes, you know what? I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And I don't think that much of it. Now I'm driving by Scottsdale Community College almost 20 years later. And I'm like, I wonder if that dude ever took care of that. So I pull in on the summertime there's no one there. It's about a thousand degrees. And they've named the gym after you. 
No. Oh, okay. That was my guess. I go in there, find this nice lady. There's no one there. I'm like, hey, would you happen to have like my transcripts when I went here? Yeah, what's your name? And she's like, oh God, they're on microfiche, which is like a super old media. Yeah. And she goes, oh, it costs a quarter. Like, let me run out to my car and get a quarter. So I bring my quarter back and she's got it printed out. Sociology, F, physics, F, computing, F, basketball, volleyball, A, three credits. I grab the paper, spin my car around, go right back to University of Phoenix. I'm like, this count? Boom. Yep. Oh my God. Two days later, my diploma actually finally shows up after a million years. Wow. And what year did that, what year was that? That was 2001. <laughs> to celebrate, I go out to my buddy's house and I see a whole bunch of other buddies I haven't seen in a long time. I'm like, hey, yep. what are you doing? Go to grad school. I'm like, really? Where? any of you I'm like you driving up to Flagstaff every day what the hell because no 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 there's this new thing called online yeah the next day I call up NAU and I call up the head of the department I said hey I'm really interested in doing that um like to meet you you know if it doesn't work out I'm bringing my mountain bike anyway I'll, I'll yeah. just mountain bike Schultz Pass I don't care oh I'll mountain bike with you two days later I'm in their program and wow. because it lined up so well, because online classes, there had to be an associate on the ground class at the same time, meaning that, like, for instance, CIS 105, if I'm teaching at 1030, the online would have to correlate to that. So that's gotcha. how it worked at first. I got super lucky because every one of my classes lined up. And back then, there was also a winter semester. It was mm -hmm. a 16-day crazy Yep. We don't care about Christmas. We don't care about Kwanzaa. I don't care about, you know, whatever yeah, yeah. you're celebrating. Don't care. Yep. So I ended up 354 days. And so literally I go from high school guy to with a graduate degree with a 4.0 at the top of my class. And so I, now I want this PhD really, really bad. And I'm like, and, you know, as you kind of mentioned, my job was sitting around scratching my nuts all day because I already built everything for this giant company. Right. It, it just, but they're, they're like, look, that guy can't go anywhere. We, we can't have him go take contracts at other Fortune 500 companies. We need yeah. that guy if we need to build something else. Right. Or if it breaks. Right, because you kind of took a bet on yourself going and taking the, the school workload. Like, okay, this hasn't broken down yet. And if it does, I can't do both, but I'm going to bet on that it's not going to. Exactly. And that was a huge bet going to grad school that the database wouldn't break because I would have been screwed. I'd have been yeah. really screwed. And, and on a personal note, what happens is, and I didn't know this, you know, when you're old like me, uh, a midlife crisis is, is real. At least it was for me. You know, you're like, wait a minute. I'm working at home. I'm a three handicapped golfer. You know, I'm, everything's going great for me. Right. I feel like shit. Yeah. Why do I feel this way? And it was because I wasn't accomplishing anything. And so that was my impetus to, to finally go, I know what I, I think I want to be a teacher of some sort. 
but I thought you had to have a PhD. And then as you yeah. mentioned, the same kind of thing happened where they were so totally like not into me, like, yeah, please go away. You're not who we're looking for. Yeah. You're not, you don't understand this. Yeah. And so I was yeah. so angry. So I did call the Dean when I got home and, and I, his name was Larry Penley and he was such a good guy, such a smart mm. guy. And I, it was just, and I just wanted to rake that guy. But then when he transferred me, I'm like, God damn it. That guy mm. just fooled me. Yeah. That's yeah. what he did. He, he savvy whatever. veteran move. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm all right. I'm going to lay into the next guy. The yeah. Same thing happened. And that was my first boss. Wow. And then he hired me. And that's how I ended up going from, you know, I'll say it as pretty much a loser to doing this today. Yeah. Wow. And okay. So now we're kind of getting into the book here. The, the big question of, should I bother going to college? This is kind of an interesting one. You know, you said that you felt that you regretted going straight out of high school. And Absolutely. obviously that's, that's the social norm, right? For everyone to go straight out of high school. You said, uh, I'd rather have done or figured out some sort of trade job or gone into the military, you know, and you also talk about in the book, you know, you know, the importance of evaluating. I don't know if you can really do it yourself. I don't think immature people could have a real maturity value self-evaluation, but you know, maybe your parents can or other people. Um, but even for the people that are ready to go to college straight out of high school at 18, do you think 18 and that time, do you think that is the best time to go to college? No, that's such a really good and thoughtful question. It really is because I was pretty much a knucklehead at 18. I, I, yeah. The high school I went to was so friggin' easy. So all I did is run around the high school and I still got A's and B's. And, yeah. But I know that I wish that I, and, and by the way, I, I hope none of your listeners think I'm playing a victim card. If, if there's a victim in this, it, it's me. I, I, I'm not the victim. I, I'm the person that caused all this. So at 18 years old, I'm like, I guess I'm going to go to college, but hindsight truly is 2020. And I, I sit there like, I probably should have joined. For me, it would have been the Coast Guard because I just thought, God, that'd be cool to be yeah. on the Oregon coast, saving fishermen or doing that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I didn't even know how the GI bill worked and, and I was going to include the GI bill in the book because the GI bill is amazing. Yeah. It, it, it's spectacular. Yeah. And I found out because I had a, a kid who was a TA for me and he was like 28 years old. I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm in the Navy. How the fuck are you in the Navy and you're in Arizona? Yeah. Are you based at Sorrel Lake? Yeah. <laughs> so he goes, I'm on the GI Billion knucklehead. And I said, yeah. explain that to me. And he goes, uh -huh. all right, I joined the Navy. You go to Biloxi, you go to the Great Lakes, and then you either go here or San Diego. And I've been in, I was in for four years. And then you have a decision to make. You want to stay in the Navy full time or you want to be in the Navy Guard? And he goes, I'm in the Navy Guard. So once a weekend, I go back to San Diego and I do Navy stuff. Yeah. Then what's the GI Bill? Do they kind of augment you? Do they, no, they pay everything. Like, yeah. Like, shut up. He goes, whatever you want. He goes, the, 
he said Cal Berkeley is the most expensive public university in the country. Yeah. He goes, so I can go to Berkeley if I want. They'll house me. They'll feed me wow. for four full years. And I was just like, what? Like, yeah. Once I heard that, and that, that kind of came into my head in the book, I'm like, yeah. had I known that, I'm like, because I thought like if you didn't go to college, that was it. That was your right. life and, and there was no going back. And the other thing was, is like, well, what happens if I'm 22 or 26 and I get married or, you know, I have a partner or something like that. Yeah. I have a full-time job. How does that even work? And so it, it, it's almost a fear like, oh, okay, I'll go. Right. I, I am smart enough to know that option won't come up for me in later life. Yep. So I, I, I really encourage people think about not going. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not like it used to be. So, right. And, and, and kind of going off of that and kind of nicely kind of segue, segue us in the, in the next thing. And we've already talked about it is community college. One of the chapters in the book, does community college suck? And I think again, you know, there's that weird, you know, it shouldn't be there, but we both know it is. There's that weird, you know, sort of, uh, you know, could stigma. be a sh shame factor, stigma or whatever, you know, because, you know, it's just like, you know, as a kid, it's just like, oh, all my friends are going to big state U or, you know, prestigious Northeastern bullshit or whatever, you know, whatever you said in yeah. the book, you know, it's, and then, you know, the parents, you know, they're in, you know, they're, unfortunately, there's some parents out there too, the mom that's just like, Absolutely. I, I want to be able to post my kid inside their dorm with their t-shirt on at their big state university on Facebook with all the other moms and they feel weird and they kind of, you know, want to force their kid into doing it too. You know, so why, you know, in what you've learned is now a, a, a professor, but also experiencing it with, you know, being in community college, you know, why is it important to educate yourself on that being an option? And other than just the cost benefit, like what's so great about community college, like talk about the, 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 you know, the required communication that you as a professor have with their professors and making sure things line up and transferring and the, and uh, talk about, you know, the, the GPA and how that works. Cause I thought all those things were uh, super important in that chapter. Yeah. It's weird. The way I found out, I ended up getting put on a committee called ATF and it's not alcohol, but back on firearms, it's actually called the articulation task force. And it was set up smartly by one of our governors at one point. And basically when I first went to community college, there, there was no equivalent way to go to ASU. Yeah. You could bring some of your credits and it, for two years, you basically pick up 60 hours. But if you ended up at some big state U, well, we'll give you 32 of it. Yeah. You're like, shit. Yeah. So Arizona was really smart and a lot of states were really smart. Like, no, 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 no. One in 200 classes are fairly equivalent to each other. So when I go to ATF, I think the first meeting I had was in Tucson, but I've been all over the state. Um, community college you've never heard of, Diné Community College, um, which is, uh, Diné is uh, the people in Navajo. Really cool little community college. Yeah. And I meet all of my colleagues live and, and so I was asking the guy that I went with like what are we doing here he goes all we're trying to do is figure out what you're teaching and what they're teaching they have different issues than you do 
Yeah. Like they have a lot more adult learners than you do. So some people come in, I just want to know Excel. Right. But if your class is within 80% of, if your syllabus is within 80% of theirs, now the law, it's legislated that if you come out of Denae, uh, Mojave, Pima, Scottsdale Community, PV, if they're equivalent, there is no question asked. You will get that three hours. Yeah. Then they went a step further and they said, okay, what if you want to be a declared business major and you want to go to Scottsdale Community College because it's going to cost literally 70 percent cheaper, maybe more. Yeah. Okay. Then we have a program for you. It's called an A bus. Uh, a is the associate degree. Bus means business. So they give you a major map and go, look, where do you think you're going to go after this? Oh, I don't know. NAU. Perfect. Take these classes. And when you pass all of these classes, bring this to NAU and you are officially a junior and you are officially admitted into their business school, whether it's the Carey school, the Eller school. Yeah. And you're like, and so when I started to learn that, I think my decision coming out of, I was offered the tennis scholarship right out of high school. And I was just like, I am an, I'm a moron. Yeah. I had that, had I known about that and it didn't exist then, but it, in a different time, had that happened, I'm like, I'm in, I'm going to Scottsdale Community College. I don't care about your guys' college experience. Have fun. Yep. Bye. Yep. But it's not like it, but it, it, but it's one of those things that's community colleges are amazing. And I really yeah. wanted to point out. So I've met so many community college colleagues these are really smart people and they're yeah. really good at their jobs. And I hate that people have the stigma of community college and like, Oh, you're going to get some slacker. No, these, these people are really, really good at their jobs and they can yeah. replace me. So that was a big thing. I, I, I thought the book deserved not only should you go to college, but here's a choice. And yeah. as you rightfully pointed out, well, no kid of mine's going to go to Scottsdale Community College. Right. My kid went to Villanova. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's the outcome when you get the degree. Exactly. It really is. It's the yep. outcome overall. 100%. And when you mentioned a major there, here's another thing that kind of people from the outside uh, say, and something that I really didn't look at another way until you mentioned in the book. A lot of people will say, oh, they're 18, they're going to school. Who cares if they're undeclared or exploratory or whatever. You seem to be really stern on the key. Like it is very important and you are going to set yourself back, especially if you're switching, if you end up switching schools altogether, you know, within the same university, business school to engineering or whatever, to have your major declared before your first semester. Most people say, oh, you know, they'll figure it out. They're 18, whatever. You know, just talk about how quick it is how quick you can get behind. It's, uh, I was just going to pose a question to some of these faith group groups I'm in. I was going to pose this question. Which one do you think is more important? A super great start to a semester or a super great finish? And my answer is it's a super great start. Yes. Have to get a great start. And, and so when it comes to declaring a major, I do point out it's such a, unfair question like how the fuck should i know what i want to be the rest right of my life? I, I have no 
I don't know what I want to do next week. And you're asking me what I want to do the rest of my life. And worse than that, for me, I don't even, I don't even know what my options are. Right. Uh, you know, I, so when, when people come to college undeclared and you, and I guess it's a good idea. You can poke around, but you better figure it out pretty quick. And I yeah. think I pointed out my brother in, in the book, um, the air force pilot, literally he knew what he wanted to do from the time yep. that he knew my dad was an air force pilot. Like, I want to do that shit. That's cool. Look, Jess, I'm going to do that. And he did. And so, but I wasn't that guy. And so I do see students. And so I'm not making this up. I'm relating stories that I hear from students all the time, because in my class, which is typically all first semester freshmen, right? you will have, I will run into, you, you know this, Joe. Yeah. The difference between a freshman and a sophomore is light years. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. I don't even know what happens over the summer. Like what happened to you? Well, you all growed up now. And then the yeah. difference between a junior and a sophomore is the same. Yep. And so it's easy for me to pick those people out of my class. When you're seeing someone like you're a junior, aren't you? Like, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing here? Uh, I picked, you know, medieval blah, 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 exploratory. And you're like, yeah. And so for me, it's, it's, it's what's been relayed to me. Like, God, that was a shitty pick. Yeah. Or it's not a shitty pick, but they get into it and they see what it really is. Like, let, let me get myself into really big trouble here. I know a girl up here in the gorge, spectacular kid. Yep. Obama scholarships, great kid. Wants to be an environmental attorney. I know some environmental attorneys and I'm so want her to talk to these people. Like, yeah, it's not what you think it is. What do you mean? I want to save the environment. I do too. I really do. I want to have a solar powered self-driving RV to go anywhere. Yeah. I want that. But what you're signing up for is not what you think it is. Because if you talk to an environmental attorney, they'll go, oh shit. All I do is help big companies like Walmart avoid fines i'm yeah, not making yeah. a difference yeah that's what that job is so when people go into exploratory that often happens like i, I thought this was no it's not it's it's yeah. this mm -hmm. and so it's a very difficult position and so i end up do having a lot of kids relate that to me that end up going i want business or maybe i'm two years more mature or something yeah hundred percent. So let, let's kind of, let's take a break in the action here. So I don't know if you've noticed, I got a little t-shirt. This is our, this is our sponsor for the show dating assassins. Got a cool logo there. So they have this card game and I picked uh, a few different cards. This is, we're not on a first date here, but these are great for a first date. They have a bunch of different questions on I love them this. And, and they're really fun. So we're taking a little break in the action. We're going to be able to relate it kind of, kind of back in here. So Let's start with this one. And I kind of want to ask it this way. Let's kind of take it behind the scenes of you writing the book or maybe recording the audio for it. What made you the most angry or most frustrated in the process of writing the book or maybe, uh, you know, recording, recording the audio for the audio book? Finding out that I'm a knucklehead <laughs> because you haven't said these stories out loud and forever or ever and you're like holy shit yeah 
<laughs> it, 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 I'm not going to say PTSD. That's, I don't want to over, overuse oh, that yeah, word. That's right. not fair. But I'm just like, <laughs> what a moron. And so when it, I, I had to kind of roil it all back through, and then it really hit me because I'm sitting there going, one of the reasons I did the book also is I don't teach anything that I haven't already done. Yeah. So for instance, I want to teach YouTube at University yeah. for Business. So I had a YouTube channel to see every aspect of it. Yeah. I wanted to go through the same thing with the book. I already knew how to do an ebook. I didn't know what the paperback process was. I didn't know what the hard copy was. And then it was just like, hey man, you got to audible this thing. Yep. And so I did a lot of research and I'm thinking, how hard could it be to read my own shit? I've heard people talk about it and it's like, it's, you mess up and then you have to build back up, same pitch, cadence, everything. It can be a bitch. <laughs> Do I, I want to go to my, my, my wife like, do I really sound like this <laughs> dork? I'm a, I've been a dork all my life and I, I didn't even know it. And it took so long to do. Yeah. And so that's, that's my mad moment. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Our next one here. Did you ever go to the principal's office when you were in school? And if so, why? Um, I don't think so. Ah, clean record. Yeah, I kind of flew under the radar. I, and, I, I, and I tried to fly under the radar. The only time I ever got called down, I had a friend who was a uh, pathological liar and the administration knew it. So they'd call me down to tell them what actually happened. Oh, God. <laughs> but I told them it can never get out that he knows that I do this. You can't do that to me. So we, and we, I, we survived the four years of high school. It was mainly when we were freshmen a couple of times, but Joseph war professional witness. I was, I almost, I thought I was going to have to go into witness protection if it got out. Love it. Okay. Last one. This is a good one, especially for everything we're talking about. You could go back and tell your 15 year old self one thing. What would it be? My guess is the GI bill, but I, but I'm going to let you answer it. Okay. <laughs> I, I have two answers for you. Yes, it would have been the GI Bill. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely, it would have been. Yep. However, this question's come up in my life a couple of times in the last five years, and people mm -hmm. say that in conversations like at cocktail parties. Yeah. And I always say, if older me could come back in time and talk to younger me, I was such a dumb fuck, I wouldn't have listened anyway. I was like, hey, older me. So hey. it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Older me could have said, hey, you're going to meet someone named Teresa. Run. Yeah. Uh -uh. I was such a knucklehead. I wouldn't have listened anyway. And Did so you have played reverse psychology on yourself. Do you think? Holy, that's a great question. That's a really good question. Maybe. I, Maybe. I sure, older me would have had to be very, very prepared. Right. And yes. like, it would have had to be, I'm going to kick your ass up and down the road until you do what I say. It wouldn't have been a nice sit down conversation. Hey, let me tell you what happened in life. Yeah. Let me tell you how hard it was in college and, you know, yes. stupid things. So I, I often contend that younger me is such a knucklehead. I wouldn't have listened anyway. 
I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, thanks for playing. That was uh, Dating Assassins. Everyone needs to check them out. They're great. One of the things I remember when I had you in class was, and I'm not surprised you wrote this book because things I remember you saying, you know, were things like, you know, try to understand where you are. You're at university, you know, take advantage of it. And you're in front of all of us. And, you know, this could be our very first class, very first college class ever. A lot of us, right? And, uh, you know, I remember you saying things like that, but, you know, with ASU specifically being such a big school, there's so many great clubs and things like that. I mean, I know that I got a lot of my social school and professional development kind of all in one or all across just a few clubs where you were kind of knocking all those things out at once. Like how important is that too? if you are going to that big university that have all these resources and intramurals and, and all of this stuff, is it to like, Hey, we're here to work hard prioritize what needs to be prioritized, but it's still college. Like still have a good time and get involved. Let me, let me do this. Let me break the rule. Yeah. Let me answer a question with a question to you, Joe. Let's do it. Would you have flourished and done what you've done? Had you had two years of zoom school in college? No, no, no chance. Zero. Because the affinity learning is not there. Yeah. The clubs, the associations, all of that stuff is probably way more valuable. Oh, than... yeah. Nobody shows up to art school who isn't talented. They're all talented. Yeah. You go to art school to see what other people are doing. You go to get your degree to see what like people are doing. Yeah. Hey, what's your direction? You find out about shit you never heard of. Oh, this and is so, the story you talked about the, the poker game. If you're playing with a bunch of uh, average yeah. guys, you're never going to be any better. You know, you think you're all great in your little pond. Right. Because then you get to college like, shit, I need to step up my game. Right. And I, be I believe this. I'm not a student, but I believe all the students want to lift each other up. And that's why I think maybe the third chapter in, I was talking about our kids shitty. I'm like, that is my biggest pet peeve. Like, no, yeah. no, no. You have no idea what kids are like. You know why? Because they're laying low. They're mm -hmm. doing shit. They're going to their clubs. They're making associations. My kids still know a ton of kids, not from college classes, but from college associations and clubs and accounting clubs, supply chain club, or, or just intramural football. Yeah. Anything it is just, and, and, and I will tell you, ASU does a great job at that. Really, yeah. really good. So yeah, to your point, it's crazy important to don't just, I, I don't give a shit if you go to class and grind out a 4.0 in four years and you didn't meet anybody. Yeah. I, I wouldn't hire you ever. Right. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had so many great experiences and you, you know, I, I learned, you know, what I, the stuff that I wanted, wanted to do and you, you have fun along the way. So it's, uh, it's, it's great. We're, we're, we're lucky to be in the, you know, I was lucky, very lucky to go to school there. So it's great. Um, coming to wrap up with this. I think, I think I kind of know the answer because you, you talked about how important it is to get off to a great start in the semester. I, I wanted to wrap up talking about syllabus week. And I think, you know, specifically at ASU, especially when you're going to have your students walk, watch this in the fall, right? We always start on a Thursday. So basically you have the whole week leading up, you know, maybe you're there even a week early if you, if you were somewhere else working or back home for the summer or whatever. And then 
you know, syllabus is looked syllabus week is looked at as, Hey, there's nothing. You just have to be somewhat alive to pull yourself out, to show up, to, to be there. Even if, if, if you even have to welcome week, party week, what, you know, whatever it's called, you know, why is it so important to get off to that great start, know how to, to the, the protocols and how to reach out or when tests are going to be, uh, you know, how everything's weighted and just because every class is different, every department, professor, all of those yep. sort of things. It, it's important to get off on a really good start to know what you're doing right off the bat. Like, what am I doing here? It's not good enough to read the syllabus. And oh, by the way, what if you could do me a gigantic favor and send me the link to this particular podcast. Oh, yeah. My syllabus. So my classes are carbon zero. I don't use paper. I, right. You know that. Yep. But what I'm going to do in my syllabus on the top two or three lines, just so people can get a flavor of my class and what I think, I'm going to post the link to this podcast. Just so you love it. So look, you need to get off to a great start. And then what happens, I think students get kind of embarrassed because I missed something in class. Or, it, you know, you've been in my class, there's 400 people in there. Yeah. And then you're sitting there going, oh, shit, did someone already ask that question? But I don't understand. Yeah. So they're embarrassed. And then two weeks, three weeks go by and they're like, I, I, I'm not quite sure what to do. But I'm too embarrassed to go to the office hours or even Zoom office hours. Right. Because this guy's going to scald me because, I don't know, because I look like an old cranky man. I don't want to talk to that guy. He's a creep. Yep. And so that ends up compounding as the semester goes on and maybe a super simple thing that would have helped you a lot you just didn't know and it doesn't matter what the reason is you don't know maybe you weren't listening maybe i mean you've been in my room how distracting is that room like holy shit there's a million people here from all over the planet oh yeah you can get what you can you can get wandering real quick you can and so to me I don't know if I believe in that, you know, there, there are no stupid questions, but like you probably heard me say in my class, like, look, if you don't understand something, interrupt me. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm giving you carte blanche, interrupt me. I, I, you explain that poorly. I don't care if 399 other people understood exactly what I've said. If you don't get it, you're paying a lot of money to be here. Yeah. And so to me is look, Shyness isn't going to help you because if you start missing things, it compounds over the semester. Yep. And what, what kills me is like, damn it. You're a really smart kid. You're really, really good at this. And so that's, that's my frustration because I do yeah. see a lot of kids like, damn, you just missed a couple of little things. Yep. And that's, that's why the start has to be so huge. Get yep everything you need to know and if you don't fine embarrass yourself fine I, not me but let some professor bark at you why weren't you listening right i don't give a shit why you weren't listening in class i don't care we need to get this started and yep. i guarantee you kind of like writing a book yep when you write a book once you get it moving it writes itself yeah so in a semester once you have everything you know and you can attest to this once you know that, I'll bet you have taken classes that have been really, really hard. Yep. 
they didn't seem so because you were locked in. So oh yeah, that's my, that's my long answer. Yeah, you know the, the you know breaking in and getting started in anything you know is you know I'm a big organizer. Like I can be you know as I got older, I started taking more and more online classes mainly because I was able to travel, get them out for the job that I had. Um, but I don't think I would have been able to to do that if I didn't, you know, that freshman and sophomore year really work hard at, you know, not only school, but understanding like what works for me, like how I learn, uh, you know, how do I best retain stuff for, for studying when exactly. I'm getting prepared for exams. And, Let me ask you a question, yeah. Joe. Yeah. And I know we're almost done. Sure. Did you ever look at stuff and go and take an inventory and say to yourself, all right, what's valuable to me? Yeah. Like, I see kids arguing about politics and that, that has its place, right. but they'll go all night and argue politics. They'll argue that a Mac is better than a PC. And then yeah. my, I don't mean to give people advice, but did you ever sit there and go, that's not valuable to me. What yeah. is valuable to me as a student, as a, and more so as a person? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, for a long time, I was a very selfless person and I still have selfless qualities to me, but it, it, at one time it was to a point where I was almost too self, where it was, where, you know, the only person that was getting a bad end of my selflessness was me. So I think a big thing of me, just college and growing up. And it really, like you talked about that big maturity jump, if you do the right things and try to, and let yourself mature between that freshman summer into sophomore year, I think I became a little bit more selfish and kind of prioritized, you know, Hey, like this is, um, I don't care that this is going on or, you know, I can't help this person out because this thing that's going to help me, like, like it's at the same time. And I got to do that, whatever, whatever it may be. So that's really yes, well said. Sure. That's yeah. really well said. It's like hyping one of your boys up to some girl so they can be a couple and yeah. then you end up single like, yay, I got nothing right. out of that. And I haven't seen that yeah. guy in three years because now he's off with her. Right. He's used me for what he needed. And now it's uh, now I'm done with you. And I was, I, you know, I, I don't want that to, to happen anymore because that wasn't me. But I also was like, I got to look out for me. It's amazing that you recognize that, though. A lot of people don't. They don't recognize yeah. that. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not going to be yeah. you know, a virtuous person in the future. It just, but to me in college, you got to be selfish. You yeah. have to be thinking about yourself and what's the most valuable path for you. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why you never hear about college students. The successful ones like you kind of lay low. I know you're in a bunch of clubs, but you're kind of laying low and you're, yeah. and, and there, there's this massive majority of students like, Hey, you want to go to this rally? Nope. Yeah. Nope. I have homework. I have yep. shit I need to do for me. So. Yep. Very good. Well, Hey, this has been, this has been a joy. I, I'm so glad that you reached out to me to, to come on. Um, I really enjoyed listening to the book. Um, you know, again, th this is something that I think would have been great for me coming into college, you know, and then for the people that aren't in college yet, it's going to be great for them. It's going to be great for parents. So, uh, thank you. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for people to, uh, to check out this podcast, to check out your book. And yeah, just uh, can't thank you enough. It was real fun to listen to. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it a lot. Hopefully uh, we'll see each other live and in person, maybe this fall, or I don't know if you're around. I'll make you a deal. I'll stop in if 
you can possibly get me a paperback signed copy of the book if we can work that out. Anna McCarthy Surfboards Hoodie. We'll, we'll put it over Kenny Lofton so no more no more Wildcats on the podcast. I'd be happy to do that. I, I, I'm looking forward to staying in touch and thank you for yes. uh, having me. I really, really appreciate it in a big way. 